The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood is right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime, where sexual harassment and assault is so common you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, anorexia nervosa, bulimia, and or obesity, dependent upon your job or role, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bowen. And I think that uh, statement is not so true ever as it is today. If you've got to look, if you've got to yeah. look at the Kevin Spacey video. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, what do you got to do? It's too soon, man. Too soon. you got to go away for at least another five years. Seriously. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, well, some stuff has come out about the uh, the guy who took the picture of him groping him. Yeah. Yeah, that one seems a little that that one there seems a little hinky, you know. Uh, you know, that's the problem when something legit comes up. Someone does something hinky, and yeah. everything gets uh, muddy. Everything gets everything gets muddy. It dulls the edge of the blade that should cut the person down, you know. Oh, I didn't get a, it. That's, that's not a that's not a half bad way of saying that, but yeah, because they, they said that the uh, the kid like uh, he was eighteen, and he kind of led Kevin on to try and get the picture. Yeah. But then you're talking about because that that looks because that Anthony Rapp when he was you know him uh, pushing himself on him when he was fourteen, eh, you know that's that's really screwed up. The stuff in the restaurant. Uh, it's borderline entrapment. Borderline? Try that again. Okay. Yeah, it was entrapment. But uh, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. Now, if anybody has seen he this video. He doesn't deserve it. Hold up. He doesn't he, deserve entrapment. No. He does deserve no. to be punished for bad behavior. Correct. Um, you have, But then again, we also reward bad behavior. There's that rapper, Bad Baby. Who? She's the one. She's called. She calls herself Bad Baby. She just found. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Is that <laughs> the uh, Doctor Phil chick? The the little Doctor Phil chick. Uh huh. I've actually heard some people told me told me that her song is pretty good. Oh, I've I've heard she's wonderful. Um, but it's the it, it's kind of the we're rewarding bad behavior. She right. went in because she was a serious problem, and now she's selling off the fact that she's a serious problem. That was the cash me outside chick, right? Yeah, cash me okay. outside. How about that? Oh, yeah. 
yeah, that's not that's not proper English, even close. That's not even proper slang. It makes me twitch. Oh, I have to say, so I know we don't go into politics, but Paul <laughs> gave me the best example of um, the best. I, I know I always call him President Cheeto or President Pumpkin. <laughs> Paul gave me the best description I've ever heard for Donald Trump, and I am using it, but I have to give you credit for it, Paul. Mm-hmm. Can you please tell everyone what that was? I simply said that we have the human equivalent of Cheeto-flavored Adderall as president. I thought it was the greatest thing I've ever heard because that it's, that's the best way to describe it. The oh, ADD is incredible. I'm using it as kind of almost a term of endearment because they do want the guy to do good things, you know, and he's done some good things. Everyone wants him to do well. I think that's where the problem, the problem begins. Mm. Um, I don't care who's in office. Like I'm not a huge Pelosi fan, but mm. where she is now, I want her to do well. Right. The president's where we he is. We don't have very high expectations well. of that. But, but we, you know. She's got lower approval ratings Alexis, than him. Alexis loves her. So <laughs> don't watch that. My, my, my very scary dominatrix assistant that's somewhere in the background here absolutely loves her. But <laughs> I will say. Um, let it. I know she does. But. Um, I think she was the first female speaker of the house or something. We have more women that have ever that in, in, uh, in now than that have ever gone in. We have like a hundred new women. Mm-hmm. Um, we have I like some of them. two I don't women like others. and that's fine. I like, I actually like the Republican from, uh, from, there was a Republican from Arizona. Uh, she's wonderful. She's really very McCain and I liked McCain. Um, we've got, but we've got women in burkas and uh, headscarves in, 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 uh, I keep wanting to say parliament, but you guys don't call it that. I love, I love the diversity in Congress. I love the diversity that I'm seeing because I've never seen it before. It's not quite enough diversity, but it's more Uh, diversity than America has had. And I think there's a better representation mm. than there was. Yeah, and I think that's really important. That's one of this is the byproduct of having Trump as president. More people are getting involved because they don't want him to happen again. And now, I think that's I, I think that's wonderful. Yeah, I Not just that hope they the Democratic Party doesn't continue to make the same mistakes. I mean, Feinstein just endorsed Joe Biden as president today. For you know, if Joe uh, if Joe Biden runs, I'd vote for him. If uh, uh, I'm sorry, I would. Um, I'm not happy that Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren has announced she's running. Uh, I, before I the Pocahontas scandal, I know, before the Pocahontas... It, it, it's Pocahontas. Uh, uh, but that's that's my point. Before, before that before, scandal, it's not, it's not I Pocahontas, it's Pocahontas, queen of the Generiki tribe, well, also, known, also known as a Tomahonky. Well, yeah, uh, but what I'm, all I'm saying is I would have waited. Like, I, I would have, <clears> I, I wish she would have just shut up, not done the genetics thing. I think she blew her own chances. Why did she even release it? That's what I don't know. I mean, she's her, her Native well, American ancestry she, is in danger of being taken away by a mosquito. Yes and no. It's not. It's so what got to her when you actually watch it, there was a docu on it. Uh-huh. What got to her was Trump said the words to her. There's nothing native about you, your mom, that, you know, basically that her family had lied to her. And mm-hmm. she said, don't call me. You know, it was kind of the don't call my mom a liar. This is right, something I've right, been told right. in my family for generations. And she felt it had vindicated her mother. And she said, if you look at, then uh, he said, you know, look at a college transcript. She claimed to be Native American. She that released them. She seen. did not do it. She didn't no, she do didn't. it. she didn't. She didn't. Never. She did not. She didn't. She's I'm, never made a dime you. off it. She's never done you, any of that. Uh, that she, comes from Harvard was so desperate for diversity in their 
in their uh, teaching staff. Seth, the fact that she talked about her, you know, she had a Native American grandmother, mother, uh, which apparently didn't have a whole lot of effect on her genetic code, but they were so desperate for just a spot of color on their lines, they put her up there as Native American. That was but them. That, she never used her. it to get ahead. She never used it to get a job. She never used it to uh, get, a, get a she, schooling. You I know. think she blew her chances. Oh, yeah. And, and the reason I say this is I, I would have voted for Elizabeth Warren. I happen to like her. Oh, so would I. I would, have put her, I would love to have her in charge of the Federal Reserve. Um, one of the things I think that really kind of, that, that really was a disaster here was, yes, she was trying to vindicate what her mother said, but if she let him get under her skin like that, I don't think she's in the right place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it yeah, sucks yeah. to say like that because whoever goes against him is going to need some thick skin. Um, the one yeah. thing I liked about Hillary is she had thick ass skin. She could give a shit what he said. Right, but um, when you're Biden, kind of an automaton with the lack of human empathy, it just kind of works. That's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. But <laughs> she, but she had the right temperament to go against <laughs> Trump. She did. Very like Joe, Joe Biden doesn't. He no. has already lost his temper. He said and so, just as much stupid as Trump has. That's my point. So it's the, the only person I've seen um, thus far that, you know, ran against him that could handle his bullshit was Hillary. But Bernie. his Bernie. No, Bernie said some really dumb shit, especially lately. I do not want to see Bernie run in 2020 and with what he has said in the last month alone. It's it's I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I have so much respect for you. Don't make me get the duct tape, mister. Uh, yeah, I think you're referring to, was referring to, uh, I think, what is he talking about, universal income and things like that? Oh, my God, it's just some of the stuff he says, I'm like, can you just shut up? You, you, you had everyone, you know, it's the, the Jerry Maguire moment, you had to said hello, leave it. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, you need to stop. I would really love for him to have Tulsi Gabbard as his running mate, or having her just simply run in 2020. You know, I loved, what I would love to see would be, um... Uh, Elizabeth Warren run with um, Bernie Sanders. But the one that I really liked, the pairing that I really liked that nobody wanted was mm. uh, Joe Lieberman and John McCain. Yeah, I, things have come out about that. I started to watch that uh, the committee that he ran. I saw the they, they don't actually put it on C-SPAN, yeah. but you can find them on their website. But the uh, Senate Foreign Relations City, oh my God, that guy wanted to blow up everything. So I didn't say I it was really, a good idea. I liked the idea really, of a bipartisan team. So, and no, no, no that, that'd be fantastic. I was pushing uh, for, before everybody announced, I thought, uh, you know, this last six, I thought if we can get a ticket of Elizabeth Warren and Rand Paul, hell yeah. That'd yeah. be awesome. But that's it. I'd like to see something like that. And we jumped into politics, which we're not supposed to. But I really do what? like to see that on Adderall. I really, <laughs> really do like that. Um, so, it, Hollywood it's... is doing... Okay. It's normal thing. We are turning Hollywood into a dynasty to a degree that we never have before. And the children of celebrities are now becoming celebrities themselves to a degree mm-hmm. that we have never had it happen before. You know, I'm like, okay, cool, we've been sold Willow Smith. Okay, cool, we've been sold this. Okay, we've been cool, sold that. Then I'm looking this stuff up. Clearly, they're paying for a publicist because everyone's like, you have to follow Haley Mathers. Ooh. And I, um, Eminem's kid. But I gotta say, she's a beautiful girl, but she looks just like Eminem in drag. How old is she? I don't know, 16, 17. 
I am not commenting on her at all. Do not, yeah, no call. Um, but if you go look, mm, no, she 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 looks like Eminem in drag. He's been in drag a lot. She looks like Eminem in drag. So that was a shock <laughs> to me. All right, guys, we are going to go to a break. We have a very very special guest for our next segment. Um, he's a doctor that I have a lot of respect for. His name's Dr. Frederick Echo. He's a cosmetic and reconstructive surgery specialist. He's in Rancho Marge, California. He graduated from the University of California School of Medicine, Irvine. He specializes in cosmetic and reconstructive surgery, microsurgery, and more. He's really, really, really incredible. And when I met him, um, he, he's, he's such a straight shooter. I adore him. I'm Sana Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. Mm-hmm. When we come back, we are going to be on with our special guest, Dr. Echo. Thank you all for submitting your questions. We only took a few of them. Um, and we'll be asking them directly to Dr. Echo. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com's social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric E.Z. Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland. And we are on with a very, very special guest, Dr. Frederick Echo. Dr. Echo, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. 
Well, I'm really excited to have you on. We've had a whole bunch of uh, beauty-related questions and plastic surgery-related questions, and Paul and I are just not equipped to answer them. So I'm, we're, <laughs> we're really, really honored to have you on the show. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, now, I've told the audience a little bit about yourself. You're in Rancho Mirage. Uh, you specialize in cosmetic and reconstructive surgery, but you do a whole bunch more than that. If, if they go into your clinic, I mean, it, I'm hard-pressed to find something you don't do, and everyone looks gorgeous. You're phenomenal. Reviews everywhere. Well, thank you. So I'm going to jump straight into the questions, if it's okay with you. Sure. Our first question is, buzzing for a Brazilian in Los Angeles, California. That's not going to be good. No. <laughs> My friend used rubber cement to give herself a Brazilian butt lift. Does that work? Uh, um, no, it does not. <laughs> That's a short answer, and it's also a bad idea. Well, were they injecting it? or were they like? She was injecting it. it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's a good, not a good idea. Good way to die. Really yes. good way to die. I, I can't see and, that being good. Yes, and actually, uh, uh, an actual Brazilian butt lift is uh, involves injecting fat into the butt, and um, that's safe. Um, you know, as long as it's someone who knows what they're doing, that can be dangerous as well if if the person doesn't know what they're doing. And I believe there was a South American model. I can't remember what country she was from, but she allowed someone to inject uh, commercial grade silicone into her butt. This was a few years ago, and she died. It was a non-physician. Yeah, non-physician did this at, I believe it was a hotel. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but um, this person died, and she was a model from South America. So, yes, please do not inject anything in your butt. (laughs) People do some bizarre stuff. That's a bumper sticker right there, sir. Yeah, Um, that needs to not happen. Yeah. Do not inject in your butt. Well, that and uh, the Botox parties. I never understand the Botox parties. So a non a, a non physician. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, what? Girls have so they so I've been invited to them. There are these parties where a bunch of people go and someone completely unqualified comes in and puts Botox in everyone's face. You have to put that with a needle, right? Yep. Yes, that's also a bad idea. I'm out. <laughs> bad idea. Very bad idea. Our next question is from Sprite is from Stripes in Spokane. Spokane's in Washington, for those that don't know. How do I get rid of stretch marks? A friend of mine told me to use a spiked roller and retin-A cream. Will that work? So it's one of those little pokey roller things. Yeah. Um, stretch marks are hard. They're they're a million uh, remedies for stretch marks and um, the number of solutions to stretch marks should clue you in on the fact that uh, there isn't a good way to treat them. Uh, Some work a little bit, uh, some work a little bit more, but there's no magic bullet for stretch marks, unfortunately. Well, actually there is, cutting them out, but um, a lot of stretch marks are in a location that you can just cut out, you know, for example, on the anterior surface of the breast, you can just cut out that, you know, you deform the breast too much or the anterior surface of the abdomen. But some women are lucky. They have stretch marks only in the lower part of the abdomen. And if you did a tummy tuck, you can get most of those out. But a lot of times, the stretch marks above the umbilicus, you can't do a whole lot about them. Um, probably the best thing to do is prevention uh, for those who are, getting, uh, who are 
uh, about to be pregnant, um, exercising, um, you know, making sure you're massaging the abdomen uh, during pregnancy and stuff like that does help. It doesn't necessarily uh, completely prevent them because stretch marks do have a strong genetic component to them. So not too many good remedies for stretch marks, um, unfortunately. But using a roller pin is not going to do much for you. What do you think the best remedy is, personally? Wouldn't a roller pin, wouldn't that stretch it out more? Mm-hmm. It could, if yeah. you did too much of that, yes. Um, what's the best remedy? In my opinion, uh, there isn't one. Um, again, if, if, you, if you happen to have stretch marks in the lower part of the belly, then, then, and, and you have enough tissue that can be removed, a tummy tuck will do it. Uh, it will take away the stretch marks. Um, everything else, uh, sorry, there isn't too much that's good you can use. Well, it's a straightforward way of putting it. So stop wasting your money on all those random creams that's where to fix it. Um, Our last question is from Leadville, Colorado. What is the best procedure that costs the least money counting cash in Leadville, Colorado? So what's the procedure that will give you the best results but is least expensive? Well, that's a bad way to start. Um, There's a saying, you get what you pay for. So that's like asking, um, what's the cheapest Rolls Royce you can get? Well, if the Rolls Royce costs a hundred dollars, it's not really a Rolls Royce, right? So uh, it depends on what the problem is. Um, if it's if it's minor stuff on the face, like you know, little uh, a few wrinkles on the forehead and stuff like that, a little bit of Botox here and there, maybe a little bit of filler. Um, can get you by uh, without, for example, requiring a facelift or a forehead lift. So, you know, uh, some of the non-operative um, options for the face are cheaper, and they don't always completely solve the problem because, you know, a lot of times all you're doing is camouflaging the problem. But there are cheaper options to getting a rejuvenated, uh, better-looking face without having to undergo major surgery. But I would caution people about going for the cheapest option because a lot of times what ends up happening is you end up with a cheap result or with complications, and you end up spending more than you would have spent if you actually just went and did it the proper way in the first place. Well, I I think this is one of those you get what you pay for. If you're going to a doctor, you wouldn't want to go to, you know, you want to go to a doctor. You don't want to go to my friend's hairdresser does Botox on the side. (laughs) Bad idea. Very bad idea. Now, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? And I know I read your bio, but a little about yourself and a little about your clinic. So if they want to come find you and get gorgeous where they can find you and all the stuff you do. Um, well, I'm a little bit of a California kid. I went to UCLA for college, and I went to UC Irvine for medical school, and then I went to the East Coast UMass system for general surgery, and then I did plastic surgery at Tulane University, and um, decided to come back to California, and I've been back in California for about six years now. Um, I, I, do, uh, I do a broad spectrum of, of uh, plastic and reconstructive surgery. I do a lot of cosmetic surgery, a lot of breast augmentations and tummy tucks and liposuction. 
but I also do a lot of reconstruction. Um, I do some facial reconstruction after, um, uh, say, trauma, for example. Um, and I also do lower extremity reconstruction, especially limb salvage. So people have been in bad accidents and, you know, um, have horrible injuries on their lower extremities uh, in order to avoid getting an amputation. A lot of times someone like me is called in to help with that. Um, so I don't only do the fancy stuff. I also try to do stuff that helps people. Um, and, you know, my office is in Rancho Mirage. Um, and um, we also have a medispa, and we offer facials and injectables. I do, I do a lot of Botox and fillers as well. We also do cool sculpting, um, which is one of the um, new non-invasive fascinating ways to get rid of stubborn fat. Um, so we have a broad spectrum of, of services we offer, and uh, the idea is, you know, anyone who needs something done should be able to find something in the office. So, I think that's fantastic, and I love that you do reconstruction for people because I don't think a lot of people realize how, you know, it can be really damaging to your self-esteem and to your quality of life to end up... I don't want to use the term mangled, but mangled. And so to have somebody yes. be able to come in and put you back together, I think gives yes. you a better quality of life. Yes, and unfortunately the public thinks all, all plastic surgeons do only boob jobs, as, as it's called uh, um, in, yeah. in common language. But, um, right, they're, we they're, do they're a whole lot more of that. God's work. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but we do other other types of God's work. You know, we do we do, we do breast reconstruction for breast cancer patients, for example. Um, which you know, when you think about it, a lot of people don't think about it. Especially you know, guys don't think about it. But breasts, for example, are are a big part of a woman's identity. And when you have a woman who has breast cancer and has to lose a breast. Um, it, it does a lot to them. And even a lot of women who haven't gone through it don't realize how important their breasts are. It's like, it's like your pinky finger. A lot of people say, oh, I, I can lose my pinky finger. Well, if you lost it, you'll miss it. And so it's the same with, with, uh, with breasts, for example. And so it's very fulfilling to do breast reconstructions because it, you can see how people regain their self-esteem and, you know, they, they regain a, a good outlook in life. And something as simple as being able to walk on the street without getting a double glance because, you know, you're flat-chested on one side or you're asymmetric is, is huge, and most people don't realize that. It's, it's that sense of normalcy, and it's, it really is important for quality of life and self-esteem. So I think what you're doing is wonderful. Um, well, you know, you. It's, um, I, you worked on someone I know who is probably one of the most difficult patients any human being could ever have. And you did an amazing job on her. So, I mean, I've, I've seen your work and it's incredibly impressive. So, guys, if you need something done, go out, check out Dr. Echo. I'm going to put his information up um, on our links so you can get to him. Dr. Echo, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your time and expertise with us. Thank you very much and uh, have a good weekend. You too. Guys, when we come back, we are going to be on with a very, very special guest. Uh, her name is Kay, uh, is Kathy Long. She is a kickboxing champion. She's I mean she's a fighter. She's a badass. So um, I bet the people she beats up need Doctor Echo. We'll talk about that later. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, mm -hmm. and a very special thanks to Doctor Echo. We'll be right back. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin. I do want to remind everyone who is writing in about why we are not giving money to charity, which is code for why we're not swearing, that every time we use bad language on this show, when one of our guests or one of our co-hosts says a bad word, oh, we're we give still, mo- we're, we're we still give, doing that, right? Yep, we give okay. money to uh, the Humane uh, Society uh, of America, uh, or the Humane uh, Society, uh, 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 we give money to the boys. Oh, my God, Paul, I'm not going to be able to get through this. Um, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club, and we give money to Free MMA. Free MMA is a free martial arts for everyone taught by different professionals. So um, Paul is making me laugh, but I want to remind everyone, every time somebody swears, we give money to a charity and is matched by Voice America. Alexis is going to kill you. She has to count this. She's going to kill you. Um, for those that don't know, my assistant Alexis is a frightening dominatrix in her off time, so I don't like to piss her off. Nobody does. <laughs> we are very excited for our next guest, another terrifying woman, but also gorgeous um, and incredible. I mean, just really incredibly rounded. Our guest today is Kathy Long. She's a five-time kickboxing champion, proficient in kickboxing, boxing, Muay Thai, Kung Fu, Sanso Aikido, CDT, and other styles. She retired from the ring several years ago. She's the most recognized woman in kickboxing today. Although she's retired from the ring, she's still active in the sport, from doing appearances and giving seminars. 
Um, as an event official, she's been in several mo- movies as well. During her career, she won five kickboxing titles. Good God, she's a badass. Kathy began her studies in martial arts with Aikido and has studied in arts such as uh, karate, kung fu. She holds four different black belts in four different styles, um, including a master's rank in kung fu sensu. She is an expert in handling firearms, knives, swords, and other weaponry. Uh, she's a professional kickboxer. She's been known to many as the Queen of Mean, the Princess of Pain, or the Punisher. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to introduce to you Kathy Long. G'day. <laughs> Hi, how are you? That is a hell of a bio. Uh, and, you know, um, it seems it feels awfully weird hearing all of that because I think, wait a minute, is that me? Because um, it doesn't feel like it's me. It's incredible, though. So, I mean, you know, I, I always get impressed when somebody has, you know, uh, an orange belt in something. So I'm like, oh, you stuck through one more than yellow. Good job. Um, but, to get to, but to get to, a, a, you know, and I, I know a lot of people with black belts, like one or two styles, maybe before. Good God. Well, it's How been a, a lifelong, a lifelong study. I, I actually dropped out of college to open my first school. So uh, it was just something that I really fell in love with and, and wanted to pursue and continue, mostly because, um, you know, as a child growing up, uh, you know, I did not have a desirable childhood at all. So when I first started studying, my Aikido instructor was this big, huge Buddha-type guy, and he was very loving and caring and nurturing. and. You know, he had a very wonderful atmosphere um, when he was teaching, and that environment in the school was something I, I wanted to cling to and promote in every other school that I that I got involved in, and it's just something I've I've um, realized that even though I wanted to be a shrink through college, I decided that you know helping people through martial arts is probably a, a in my opinion a better way of of understanding themselves and and who they are and what they're about. Well, I, I'm a huge supporter of martial arts. One of the charities, actually, um, the, sh- the show is involved with is uh, Free MMA um, that has you know, oh, teachers come in and it's, it's free martial arts for whoever wants it. So I, I see the benefit. I know the benefit, especially if you didn't have such a nice childhood. It gives you the discipline and it gives you a direction and a way away from it, really. It, it does, absolutely. And so should I be cussing or not cussing? Every time you swear, <laughs> so you, no, it's every a bit of cuss. a mixture. It's a bit of a mix. Yeah. We had to put this in place because no okay. one in Hollywood has a clean mouth. So we figured mm. to make something good out right. of it. But every time you swear, um, we give money to charity and so does Voice America. So you, so the more you do it, the more money you're giving to charity. Just think of it that way. Um, I will think now, of it that way. Think of it that way. Now... What was it like for you the first time you went into the ring? Well, uh, the first time I went into the ring, I was... um, Let me give you a little bit, a tiny bit of back history, because I know we don't have a lot of time. But there was a girl who... um, In in the town that I lived in, I I owned and operated a school that uh, I was probably the only female uh, who owned a school and was teaching actively. And on top of that... um, there was another girl who challenged me because there weren't many men, women training in martial arts at that time, in, in especially where I lived. And she challenged me to uh, do point fighting, which I never did. And I said, look, you know, I, I don't fight that way. 
And then she challenged her, her instructor challenged me to do a kickboxing match against his student, which was the girl who challenged me before. And I said, okay, what are you challenging me in? He goes, kickboxing. And I said, okay, I, I never done kickboxing and I only had 10 days to learn how. Um, but I was already a two-time black belt at that point in other styles and I just thought, you know what, what the heck. So I went to a boxing gym for 10 days and, and learned how to throw basic boxing, boxing punches and had a fight with her. And she weighed 190 pounds and I weighed 120 pounds. Um, so it was, that it was is not quite a, a match. Fight. No, but you know what? I discovered so much about myself that day that when push comes to shove and the pressure's on, I, I excel and I do very well. Um, you know, I was scared to death and I was, you know, calling her out in between rounds and telling her not to sit down and rest. And, you know, I was scared. But at the same time, I couldn't show her I was scared. So, you know, basically we beat the snot out of each other. And I, I discovered a lot about myself. And then from there, went on to continue in martial arts and kickboxing. And um, eventually won five world titles. But it traveled the world and I've been all over the place in that respect. So I have a lot to thank her for. Because I, I, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today if it wasn't for her. Mm. There's there's easier ways because you also sounds like it you could have couldn't have been sitting here talking. Yeah, had, had she hit right. So, <laughs> what, what was well, what was the possible. hardest? I've got the hiccups. Uh, what was the hardest fight you have had? Oh my god! Seriously, wow. I'm gonna get some water. Pull. You have the hiccups. Yeah, Plug okay. your ears. It changes the di- It changes the pressure in your diaphragm. Plug your ears, real quick. Just plug them, and I'll talk. Yeah, I do this. On it, I'll do that. I drink water through a with a okay. with a napkin over the cup. I don't know why it works no. for me, but but uh, while she's uh, doing that, what was the hardest fight you've ever had? Well, gosh, you know, I'd say there are a couple that 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 fit into that category. But the first one, the first difficult fight I had, was my first world title fight, and that was in Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, and I went into the fight with broken ribs. Yeah. It was a 12-round fight, and oh uh, I had two broken ribs. Yeah, it was not very smart. But <laughs> I mean, like taking a fight on 10 days' notice is Hang not on. very smart. She is badass. Um, I'm sorry, you're badass. The badass meter just keeps going up. Holy shit, that's <laughs> badass! Please keep going. <laughs> that that well, actually hearing well, that got rid of my hiccups. Not plugging my ears, not like that. That worked. Well, good. I'm glad that worked. Um, <laughs> gosh. You know, I went into that fight, and the girl was a southpaw from Florida, and she was clumsy and awkward, and it was, a you know, the referee kept taking points away from me for trying to hold her and hit her, which I, I didn't do. Obviously, you could watch the tapes and see that I never did that, but for whatever reason, the referee had it out for me. So, broken ribs, fighting a girl who was awkward and clumsy, and then a referee trying to take points away from me for doing in, it was clearly nothing. Um, was probably one of the most difficult times I had. I think I, I'm lucky in that I'm one of those fighters that doesn't really feel pain during a fight. Um, I've broken my hand. I've broken my nose five times. I've broken my toes, my shin, fractured my ribs. I mean, you name it, I've had it happen. Um, and during the fight, I felt no pain, thankfully. But afterwards, because I had a second title fight scheduled 30 days later, a doctor had to come and clear me to make sure I was, capable of fighting 30 days later and after the fight I, all the pain comes flooding in that was incredibly difficult so when the doctor walks in 
I sat up straight and I looked at him and I smiled and he goes, how you feeling? And I slapped my ribs on purpose and he goes, and I said, I feel great. <laughs> and he checked my eyes and my heart rate and all that and said, okay, you're cleared to fight next month. And unfortunately, they got rebroken just for the second fight. It was, a, it was quite a challenge. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you do that whole kicking and hitting one another. So it was just... As hard as you can, yes. Mm. What gives you the strength to get through that kind of fight? I've got write-ins coming in. Um, a lot. Of, so, so you know, a lot of people that listen in, um, like we had uh, Master Ken, the guy from um, the Dojo Show, and we've had um, oh. other MMA guys on here, and you're our first uh, kickboxer, kickboxer we've had on, but we've had a lot of martial artists and a lot of MMA fighters and stuff and, a, and UFC fighters and Bellator fighters and you name it. And a lot of our listeners are actors and fighters. So the fighters oh, are just nice. haywire, haywire tweeting me. Um, I think we're going to skip the next break if possible and just continue talking to you. Uh, one of the questions I got was, how do you get through it? How do you talk yourself through it? My last fight, I psyched myself out and I've been fighting for 10 years. Um, when I was, well, that's an interesting story. Um, when I was 10 years old, I drowned in, in a pool and, um, I was, I was rescued and resuscitated. However, I was, I was not in this world for about three, three or four minutes. And during that time, I, you know, for lack of an honest, realistic term, you know, because, you know, we all have are different names for God or Allah or, you know, the, the, or Buddha or all those other, other titles that we'd like to give, you know, the supreme source. But I knew who I was. I knew how many times I'd been on this planet. I, and almost every time as a warrior. And it was just one of those things where I came to understood who I was, why I'm here, and, um, and also the experience. So, I understood that, you know, through those experiences, I was to, it would, it would help other people. And that's truly why I'm here, why anyone's here, why everyone is here, is to help other people. Um, I agree with that. And for, and for the experience. So, you know, it's not that I, I won five world titles because, you know, I'm super badass. It's just, um, if, it, if that was to I'm, help other people. I'm going to interrupt that. We're going to agree to disagree on the super badass part. <laughs> we we, we got to agree to disagree on that. But I agree with you. I think helping people is one of the most important things you can do. Um, how have you parlayed your skills into into doing that? Well, um, I became a minister, and I've I've helped all kinds of, uh, especially troubled teenagers and young adults to find their way and to be able to see their worth and understand that they're not, you know, this. because a lot of times, a lot of kids, especially um, when they grow up in dysfunctional families, which I did, um, they don't really know how to evolve above that and grow outside of that other than to perpetuate the ugly cycle that they were, they were, they were involved in. So, you know, I've done my best to show them another way, whether it's through martial arts or through counseling or whatever. But I also do a lot of uh, healing work, um, energetic healing work, and that, that's that been really profound. But, you know, I don't do the healing work. I, I just provide an environment for them to do the work. 
And that's been, you know, hugely rewarding when it comes to working with people, whether it, it is through martial arts or counseling or healing work or um, whatever, the, whatever it may be. You know, in that respect, being in martial arts, I was incredibly shy as a kid. I, I just would barely talk to anyone. And, you know, being able to pull myself out of that shell and, and understand that I've gone to hell and back several times in my life to severe abuse and, and, you know, car accidents and dying and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I, because I've been able to experience so much, I've, I'm also able to empathize and be, understand what people are going through, which helps them tremendously. Now that you're no longer fighting, do you coach, do you mentor, do, have you stayed, how have you stayed involved? Um, my brother was a kickboxer yes. and it's, it's in his DNA. Like uh, the the free MMA place, one of the charities we support, he goes out there on Wednesdays yeah. and just spars. He sells jewelry for a living. Like he's over at Emerson and Farrar. He's a diamond buyer. And he kickboxed when he was like 18. But he's still on Wednesday nights, has to go and like beat someone up or, you know. How how do you manage? How do you well, stay involved? Well, he kind of does. Well, he does work retail, so you kind of could understand that, right? He's not really dealing yeah, retail. He's dealing with the buyers. I'm just saying. <laughs> at least, at least with the buyers, he doesn't have to. He he won't be you know chasing away customers as much. Uh, he yeah. has a black eye or you know broken nose oh. or something. But <laughs> getting mad. You know, I, yeah. Yeah, I I just um, I continue in martial arts. I continue teaching it and training in it because. I, I truly do believe that um, I have to practice what I preach and I can't just tell somebody to, you know, to run and train and do this and that and, and order them to, to do a series of exercises without being able to do it myself because I do want to lead by example. Now, you know, it doesn't mean I have to fight anymore, but it does mean that, you know, I need to, to walk the walk if I'm going to talk the talk. Our, one, our next question is from Indio, California. I lost my first fight. It scared me. I'm ready for my next fight. But how do I get past my own nerves? Well, you have to first back up and, and look at a different perspective in that um, in, a, in an organized sport, which is what they're competing in, whether it's boxing, kickboxing, MMA, Muay Thai, doesn't matter. It's an organized sport. And the winners are the ones who step into the ring and give it their all. Those are the winners. Now, there may be a decision that's made as to, as to their opinion of, of who performed it better, but the winners are the ones who walk into the ring and they, and, they, and they compete. Those are the winners. So there is no winning and losing in that respect. It's all about the journey of discovering yourself and who you are and what you're made of and what you're able to do and what you're not able to do and understanding your limitations and maybe, maybe being able to rise above them and, and exceed instead. It doesn't matter whether they decide you have, you didn't, you know, do as well as the other person. That, that's not about it. That's not the issue. The issue is truly with yourself. It is your own personal journey. And there is nobody out there who can say, oh, you won this or you lost that. No, everybody who steps in that ring is a winner or the cage or the platform or whatever it is. doesn't matter. I have a, a friend of mine, a fighter. His name's uh, Jared Fiorda. They call him the bear. He, um, his thing is you either win or you learn something. There's no losing. So I think that's, that's, I think that's a great way of looking at it. Uh, one of the questions I've just gotten about 30 times, people on Twitter, calm the hell down. Um, 
how do you ever have, seriously they're very excited you, you've got a lot of people excited um have you ever lost to say, what the fuck, people? exactly chill like i'll get to the questions i'm trying um have you ever lost a fight yes absolutely i lost as an amateur once as a pro once in kickboxing and in boxing once so as a pro i've lost twice and my record is not 18 one and one like this says in Wikipedia because I don't know who the hell wrote that. But um, I've had probably close to 40 fights, professional fights, and I've lost two. What was the hardest thing about losing for you? Well, the first time I lost uh, in kickboxing, I went all the way to London, and the promoter there changed the rules literally the day of the fight. It went from what? international rules. Yes, it went from international rules where you could kick the inside and outside of the leg to full Muay Thai rules. And I was a beginning professional fighter and I really wasn't that familiar with the, with the rules of Muay Thai, nor had I trained that much in Muay Thai. Um, but I, I wasn't going to be a pussy American and go home. So I said, all right, I'll take it. Let's fight. And you know, I was really upset with him for changing the rules, but I, I honestly, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. I, I had is, no choice other than, other than go home. And you could have taken your elbow fight. and jammed it in the back of his head and then say, I fell. I, I, I could have. <laughs> I, I tripped. Too it was many an accident. people were around, my dear. <laughs> there were too many people there. <laughs> but, but not you the know, question of fighting the guy factor. who changed the rules. Elbow him. Um, there you that's go. That's what I meant. <laughs> was, I tripped. It was the most amazing thing about that fight. Um, I, I, I accepted the fight. I fought. I got, she schooled me. She just beat the snot out of me. I wasn't hurt physically, but she just, you know, wiped the floor with me. And when they announced her the winner, and I, 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 my, my trainer, who was also my boyfriend at the time, after they announced her the winner, he screamed and yelled and humiliated me. And at that point, oh. I thought, well, if this is what it's like to lose, I'm never going to lose again. And under his reign, I never lost, ever. See, if, it wasn't I think until if he I got out of like that, embarrassed me, he would have been my ex-boyfriend. Please, please don't yeah. tell me you like, married him and I've now said something terrible. Yeah. It, it, it was a complicated relationship, and we were co-partners in the business. We, you know, he was also my coach and my kung fu instructor, and you know, it was a, it was a mess. But I did get out of there. I did escape, and you know, I've been incredibly happy ever since. Um, and not that I've ever been unhappy, but I've certainly had my challenges. I've certainly been through hell, and um, and I understand why too. At the same time, it's it's okay. It's now we don't. We've only got about four minutes left. Um, we have like well okay. over a hundred questions that haven't been asked. I'd love to have you back on the show if if you're amiable to that. That's up to you. Um, but yes, I really, I would love if you, oh yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. You said it on air, so we get to hold you to that. Um, yes, can you tell everyone where to find loud, you done. on social media? Okay, um, social media. I'm on Facebook, but go to Kathleen Long. Um, Gosh, there's two there's two Facebook pages, but you can find me on Facebook, um, and I'm also on Instagram as Kathy Long MMA. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me through my email, it's no 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 don't, don't give that up. Oh okay, social I won't media. Do that. Don't, Never mind. Don't, Sorry. Don't do that. 
Uh, no, no, it's not that. It was <laughs> like you said, lots of listeners. Lot did you don't want to give that out? Um, how about we put up a link to your social media so no one confuses it? Great, let's do that. So I'll put up some links to your social media, and we have two minutes left. If you could give advice to anyone going into uh, fighting as a sport or going into compete, because most of the questions I have here are from guys that want to compete and girls that want to compete, what advice would you have for people going into compete? That you have to train harder than your opponent no matter what. No matter what. No matter how much you think you've, you've done, you have to do more. You have to, because no matter who you're competing against, they're training to beat you. And once you get a title, then they're training to take your title away from you. And no matter what happens, you have to train harder than the person in front of you, than anybody around you. You have to do more, no matter what. You have to do more. And accept that sometimes the decision doesn't go your way. But remember that you either win or you learn something. I like that. It's true. That's, that's like one that of the best too. things you can ever put it. Pardon? It really is, because it's not about win or lose. It's about you and your personal journey, learning like about that. yourself. Thank you so much for being on the show. I wish we had more time with you, especially because of the angry tweets I am currently getting. Uh, <laughs> uh -oh. So I appreciate that. And I'm going to hold you to getting you back on the show. Uh, thank you so, so much for joining us and taking your time to speak with us today. Yeah. It really is my pleasure, and thank you, thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate it. It's no problem. I look forward to having you on again. Um, guys, okay. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Boland. Mm -hmm. And I want to remind everyone, PR is damn important, so make sure you got that together. We're going to put out the information, so if you want to reach out to Kathy Long, we'll have her social media on our social media, so you know where to find her. And, of course, you can find Paul on... Uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, and of course Facebook and the YouTube channel. We will have some more stuff coming out. And I'm Summer Helene. You know you can find me on Twitter because I'm the one getting all these abusive messages. Uh, thank you very much again <laughs> to our very special guest, Kathy Long. Yeah, no, I'm cheesed up. She was in freaking Batman Returns? Yeah, she's badass. Yeah, I, I was. You. Yeah, this it was Michelle Pfeiffer's fight double as Catwoman. Yeah. Ah! I know we have to go. That's why I'm getting all these messages and we have to have her on again. I've got the film people geeking okay. out and the fighters geeking out. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much, Kathy. We got to go. Good night, guys. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.